Hello and welcome to the 6++ Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Welcome back everybody to part two and in this we are going to do a event report. We're going to talk about Twisted Warp that Chris and I went to and we're also going to talk about Peterborough Slam that Davey went to. So before we talk about our games... We're going to briefly sort of sum up and review the event as a whole. Um, David, do you want to offer a little brief review of Peterborough Slam and how you found it, what you thought of it? Yeah, absolutely. So for a bit of context, Peterborough Slam, first time the event's ever been run. Yeah, first time. Um, oh, amazing. Uh, it, it's like an extension of Saffron Slam, which is quite a well-known event in these parts. Um, they, they run that quite a lot. And this was Paul Bridge taking up to, to Peterborough. Uh, you remember I interviewed him. Yep. And uh, he was he was just on with it then. And yeah, you know what? Really interesting event. Really cool event. Really nice venue. Did food and beer and drinks on site, including breakfast. So, you know, uh, from that point of view, absolutely top draw. Really good. Um, the, the thing that was super interesting about it was, and this is very rare if anyone's listening in the States, very rare that you find fair place terrain in the UK. Fair place terrain. Yes. But here's what's even even stranger about it. It was the bottom half of tables were uh, like a mix of Warhammer terrain. There was some terrain that uh, one of the actual eventual winners uh, made or, or, or brought with him some really amazing terrain, really lovely stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was all set. But then the top half of the tables were player-based. And I think that's a really nice idea because what you get is you get all the competitive types who will likely beat the casual types and then get into the player-based terrain. But then the casual types get to play the games they want to play on yeah. the Warhammer. I, I assume they want to play on the on the Warhammer terrain. They're it's probably really- just less concerned about it in general. I think that's yeah. the, the, gem, the general rule is that they just want to play a game and get on with it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. Um, so really interesting. I'd never done play place before. Neither had my mate who we went with, mm-hmm. and it was a learning curve. It sounds like we will get some very fun game reports then as well. Yeah. Um, so obviously, Chris and I went to Twisted Warp. We, this was our second year going. We'd been to Twisted Warp year before um, up in sort of Erlingborough, I think the place the place is near to Northampton. Um, this is an event run by a sort of team of Twisted Dice, who are obviously a local club to me, who are great guys, and uh, Greetings from the Warp, who are a sort of more narrative group, I think, from near that area. Uh, Chris, do you want to offer some some initial thoughts on this? How did you find the event? Yeah, so we went there last year. Um, yep. So we've got any expectations. Um, you know, it's a really nice space. I know last year the event had over 100 people, and this yes. year they struggled a bit. So I think there's like 36 of us. Yeah. But um, for those of you who listen to our tournament report reviews before, you know we like to talk about the car park. Yeah. And the car parking was excellent. Really good. Zero issues with parking. So good. We like to I talk about I parked forwards in both times. Oh, oh, dream. oh, what a dream. Absolute dream. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Um, we like to talk about the toilet situation, which was not so good, um, because <laughs> either there was some sort of leakage or people were just pissing all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I couldn't quite work out which one it was, but there was I think definitely. They had a leak. I think they probably had a leak. I think you're probably right, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're regretting wearing sandals now, Chris. <laughs> I had to work hard to protect the Snorlax onesie on day one. Yeah. Yep. Um, we also like to talk about food. 
Um, food was mint. Excellent. Food so, was really good. They catered they, for us. And they yeah, basically you're in a school um, hall, so there's a canteen there. Yeah. Um, so we, on the first day, it was um, a cheeseburger and wings wrapped in bacon. Oh, oh, um, and then nachos, which I don't think anyone had. Um, and then on the second day, it was a pulled pork burger. Again, really nice. And this was this was the warp lads, I think, oh. actually on the catering. So they they yeah. nailed it, and they had they had like a roving trolley as well yeah, yeah, going yeah. around. And the lad would say anything from the trolley dears every time. Oh, I love it, right. and he did that the year before as well. So he's he lives on in my heart as an absolute legend. And you're literally getting your drink and snacks and stuff and water just brought to you. So I think that side of things, taking care of you, they absolutely nailed it. They were really really on it. Yeah. Um... We should probably mention terrain. So terrain, um, terrain. Um, when we first got there, was interesting. Yeah. Basically, you know, there's no standardized set, so each table's got a completely different style of terrain. It was probably just not quite enough um, and the right style to be functionable for competitive 40k. Yeah. In, in we this were, edition, which is so destructive, right? We, like, it's just so destructive. we um we knew this that it could be more that way. So, for example, like my list I took was the most resilient list I could take. It wasn't my list that I would take to UKTC event, yeah. and there were twenty five percent of players there were Tau, yeah. and they were like, <laughs> and you know that sort of thing. And yeah. There was, I think, quite a lot of discussion at the end of the day, maybe on WhatsApp groups and forums, etc. Because on the um, on the Sunday they had clearly made a big effort to try and improve that. They did. Terrain. They and did. a lot of the boards had a lot of a lot more terrain and very terrain, and most boards were a lot more functionable um, or to use um, in a competitive way. So yeah. full credit goes out to them. Yeah. Exactly. They, they they adapted the situation. I think maybe there'd been a mix up in terms of who had what on the on the day one, and they didn't have quite as much as they were hoping to have. Um, and so they, there's, I have to, I can't stress enough. They had these like rocky ruins that had like volcanic or like slime trails going down them that just look look amazing, beautiful. They are so beautiful. They look amazing. I want to play like Crusade on it all day long. Well painted, yeah. but like whole tables of that stuff just does not give you the angles to protect yourself or to sort of stop yourself being shot. Um, and so, what I'd say, what they fixed it on Sunday. All the games on Sunday, the terrain was, if anything, like dense, right? Quite heavy terrain. Um, so that was that was well, a some of you maybe. Some, yeah. <laughs> certainly the ones I got, it felt that way. Um, so all credit to the team there for for sort of adapting and responding to what people were saying. And I like, I really like events where it's different types of boards and it's not just the same terrain set the whole time. I'm I'm benefiting from playing UKTC all the time because I know where to put stuff. But actually, I like to discover a different map and board and situation when I play the game. But you, it's just so violent ninth edition that you do need to have <laughs> good angles to cover yourself and to hide. Um, but yeah, I mean that—that's literally the only thing. And obviously, there was some noise about it. But I think, I think you know, the, the Twisted Walk team put on a fantastic event and shouldn't beat themselves up about that because they did everything they could once once the problem had been identified. Um, great. Okay. Well, let's talk round one. This is an exciting round. It's everyone's sort of most the biggest unknown. You don't really know how you're playing, how your list is going to go, what it's all going to look like. Davy, what did you have in your round one at Peterborough Slam? So I had Eldari. And what did you actually take in your army? And what was in your army? Sorry, yeah, I've, I've jumped the gun. How unlike yeah. me. Uh, Tyranid, Kraken. Um, yeah. Uh, I started off in, like, November with uh, Kraken, and I was doing really well, and I've just progressively got worse with it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a really strange, really strange environment to be in. But um, I think, I mean, you'll see... Oh, so what was in the list? 
Uh, I, I did flex it a little bit after speaking to Paul. I decided to try and run a bastardized version of his behemoth list and my Kraken list. Okay. Uh, it turns out when you try and mix those two things together, they do two, They were playing two different games. So I think there's uh, a lot of optimizing I could have done. Essentially, it was a bit of Warriors, a bit of Raveners, Spore assistant Biovores for the um, um, for the for the Spore package. Um, Hive Winged Hive Tyrant took the Swarm Lord to give double obsec and try and steal objectives. But uh, with hindsight, uh, I think I just didn't have any any time to practice through Christmas, and it was pretty mm-hmm. much my first games back yeah. playing that list. And it was uh, it was interesting. So round one, I did get again. I went against Eldari, got the win. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was it was it was quite um, it was like a thirty point difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put, I would put that down more to the the chap I was playing, Daniel. Really, such a nice geezer. Uh, but oh, that's Dan Hammond, game. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I know Dan. Yeah, literally yeah. his first game back after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we had a really fun game. We only got to turn four as it as it happened because mm-hmm. um, you know I, I was we were trying just to, we were just having a good laugh, right? And um, and overall, I think he 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 realised part way through just didn't, didn't take the right secondaries, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that was that really. Mm-hmm. But uh, we did have a good fight, Hive Tyrant versus Avatar. Uh, oh, amazing! Get him down to two wounds, and then, so the, and then the avatar hits him back. Gets him down to one wound, oh. and then I get smited. So if anything, <laughs> that's great. So that's a, that's a fun start, and a, nice that you got to play Dan. Shout out to Dan if you I yeah. don't don't know if Dan line. listens to this, but Dan's a lovely chap, and yeah, he's been in and out of the game lately because he's got a lot of lot of sort of personal life stuff where he's he's a busy boy. Um, but nice to hear that he's back out there and at events. Chris, what did you have round one at Twisted Warp? Oh, and also, what did you take? <laughs> yeah. I took Harlequins. Harlequins, no yeah. Surprise. No way, get out. Shocking. And as I said, due to terrain concerns or considerations, shall we say, I decided to be that guy <laughs> eight boats yep. um, full of five-man troops um, and then just some characters and my two bikes for scoring um, turn one behind mm-hmm. enemy lines and deadly performance. Yeah. Um, that um, that was my best bet. I've never used the list before. My last game I played was at Leicester, where I didn't have a great time against Jamie's Death Guard at the mm-hmm. end of the game, and um, so I just kind of wanted to see how this goes. Those will know. Those who know me will know that there's one army who I definitely haven't beaten before, and that is Knights. Ah, yeah. Um, so I was really excited game one to get to play against Knights. Um, fortunately, <laughs> wasn't a no super nasty. 14 armor list it was four or five giant knights oh wow unfortunately the terrain meant that they had quite good lines of sight (laughs) um we kind of repositioned it but i mean it was kind of hard to hold any objective and Furthermore, it was Tide of Conviction, which is a hold two, hold three mission. Mm. Um, so I basically, I got first turn and just went, well, I'm just going to try and score four on my primary each time if I can, you know, because he had the ability to make his knights obsec after a while. Um, so I just spent the first two or three turns just um, move blocking him as best as I could so he couldn't get the angles, yeah. scoring my points, making sure he didn't score any primary um and then just praying i had a big enough lead um 
my dice rolling was obnoxious in this game. There were multiple times where I'd rolled six dice and rolled six four up in front of the balls. Um, and there, if I'd rolled badly, every possibility that I'd just get tabled. Um, but instead, I was able to hold out long enough. On top of that, he chose an assassinate. <clears throat> and because I kept move blocking him, he wasn't ever going to get to any of my characters. And in that matchup, my characters do literally nothing. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they don't do uh, much. Mirror of minds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think I killed maybe one or two models the entire game. Um, and those were the two armages that he had. So I didn't bother with any of the big knights. Um, but yeah, I ran out a 66-51 win. He was a lovely guy. I would say his, maybe his target priority wasn't quite right. He wasn't aggressive enough. He probably needed to be pushing at me just to create those angles a lot more and getting around my move blocks, etc. Um, but I did finally beat Knights. But it did just make me think, like, this isn't a high meta list and I'm still struggling yeah. trying to get by. It's, it was pretty rough. Yeah, no, Knights are always a tough one. Sorry, David, you go. What was the mission? Tide of Conviction. So it's like Dawn of War, hold two, hold three. That's something I would um, say for Twisted Warp is they weren't afraid to chuck all the weird and wonderful missions in. Like and there was no, none of this five objectives, one in the middle bullshit. It was all it was it was all really horrible. Didn't stuff. Single one, <laughs> I don't think we did. No. Maybe once. I am sure but like it, it was all no, the unusual ones. All the unusual ones. Yeah, it was, it was all the others apart from those. But yeah, yeah I got the win, so it was off yeah. to another Played it well, I think. Sounds like you did everything right. In a situation where, yeah, you, with those big knights, you can't risk the commit, can you? Because it's, it's just you, you've put the whole army in front of them. If it goes wrong, then that's it. So I think I think playing it more carefully and block, using your blocking and playing the scoring was the way to do it. Um, I have got a new habit um, in my GT attendances of late, which is that I like to play a top 20 UK player in round one. That's what I do now. <laughs> You've stolen I, from me. You've that's, yeah, me. that's what I, I, I never used to do this. I used to get incredibly lucky. I used to get like space wolves and things like that in my round one. That used to be the way. Now it's now it's killers. And I got James Marsden, who is a lovely chap from Toys of Mass Destruction and probably the best Necron player at the moment. Yeah. I don't think that's an unreasonable thing to say. He's been working really hard at Necron. He's been working really hard at Necron since before they were crazy, and he's been reaping the rewards when they're good, which is the way I like to see people play armies, and I really respect that. So James Marsden, um, I was running my GSC, so I had about 60 neophytes with seismic cannons. I had a couple of little acolyte squads. I had the sort of pre-game move pure strain gene sealers for offense i had some ridge runners with an upgrade to go back into reserves and come down turn one so some sort of sort of armed support got the kelomorph got all the little supporting buffing characters and then a couple of psychers um in the magus and the patriarch and i buff those up with the custom trait synaptic resonance so that they can reroll their ones and twos to cast and load them up with various different tools and i've got industrial affinity um, and i've also got 20 Atalan Jackal Bikers as well. Um, and so this is a list that does a lot of resurrecting, puts out a lot of damage, um, and sort of chews up the board with bodies over a long period of time. I've got various defensive buffs as well, like accustomed to turmoil, so you can't be wounded on ones and twos. Um, James had a very aggressive destroyer based list where he basically just had a bunch of really big bricks of destroyers, right? Like a big brick of Ophidians, a big brick of Scorpex, a big brick of the shooty locust ones then the silent king some uh doom scythes tomb blades but he also had a hex mark destroyer 
And that's a very sneaky little unit that I hadn't seen around before. And I was reading its data sheet. And I'm like, this is literally the perfect thing to have if you're playing against GSC. Because what that little dickhead does is when I come out of Deep Strike, he comes out of Deep Strike 2 and he shoots me, which is extremely rude. Um, and he's got like a relic pistol, does a bunch of mortal wounds. He's got a bunch of other pistols. And I did the mass. It's like, yeah, he kills basically most of a neophyte 20 man when it comes in. And that's just going to happen. I can't stop it, really. Like, I could try to screen it. It's got 18-inch guns or something. Like it's, It was going to be really difficult to not just get punked by this 65-point hex mark at some point. And me and James had a laugh about it at the start because it was yeah, just brilliant tech. He uses it basically to stop people just scoring easy R&D, right? Because it's going to jump jump out and basically punk any unit that's coming in to try and score R&D and make it less of a sure thing to sort of shape the secondary game for people. Um, but yeah, this game, first turn was really big on Tide of Conviction because it's really hard to get the score going on Tide of Conviction against Necrons with all the obsec. Um, James got a first turn, pushed up very aggressively. Um, and there was some sort of fine margin calls in the early exchanges that basically meant I just got put on the back foot too hard and couldn't ever really recover and was just sort of shoved off the board. There was a fun moment at the end where I'd put my patriarch into reserves in turn four and he popped out, mentally interrogated a character and nicked James's back objective in, in, in the final turn and got me a load of points to sort of save my face a little bit and stop it being as much of a wash as it had been. But he still built, beat me like 147. So well done, James. And James went on to... to uh, win the event with a perfect 500 score Amazing. so well done james um very very incredible performance and uh, i hope i don't play you again for a while <laughs> davy what was your round two? <laughs> well, my my round two was uh yeah so i have the same problem as chris i can't beat knights and uh, yeah I got, <laughs> I got chaos knights um apparently one of the best chaos knight players in the world he was uh, i think he was first or second for a while this year as well mm-hmm. so uh, really nice guy um, probably the chillest person I've met. So laid back, he was falling over, uh, but just knew everything about his Chaos Knights. Uh, lots of indirect shooting that was doing real bad things to uh, to me, just sheet by sheer quantity. Mm. Um, but really, I think um, he he obviously played very well. There's some cool moments where I'm trying to fight for that last objective in the middle. Uh, it was abandoned sanctuaries, and. Um, uh, I, I, like I was just tr- like my high tyrants like flying around murdering, um, um, what you call them, armages because it was just the massive armager list. It was all mm. armages, and um, just trying to get rid of them. Um, I think with hindsight, uh, I did. I was a little bit defensive. I should have maybe got my tyrant out a little bit earlier because mm. uh, like the swarm lord as well. He went and murked two armages himself. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. Uh, but really, I think what did me in was a was. A, you know, two things. You know, it was quite a quite a close game, but going second, he him going second. You know, getting that five points at the end mm. plus max on primary because those things just are awesome at primary. Um, uh, he, he played it very well though. Mm. Um, and then the other thing was player based terrain. So yeah, you'll see through all my games, any game was on set terrain, I I won. Any game on player placed, I lost. Um, there's, there's one so, clear change yeah let's, let's, let's interrogate that with them what what were the issues do you think what was causing you a headache with player plays well so number one number one thing right i am one of those people i can't make decisions on the fly i get analysis paralysis so i over prepare for everything when i do mm. prepare really well i get good results when i don't yeah. it goes in the bin 
So, so I got there going, yeah, right? You know what you do? You just put a piece of terrain in the middle, and I say, that's my staging area, and then everything else just falls into place. And what I would do is I'd get my half of the board, put all my staging area out, and then not have anything to hide behind in deployment. Ah. Um, that was one of the kind of like common problems. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's pretty much where I got table by guard. But yeah, that was um, that was one of the things. I just didn't help myself with my player place terrain. Mm. Um, in hindsight, you know, if I was going to do it again, what I would recommend anyone else do is go and watch War Games Life and go and watch the FLG and watch other people do it. Um, yeah. I think uh, I, I am a learner from other people. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just think being able to watch them and go, ooh, I see why they've done that, etc. Yeah, because it's it's a whole it's a game within a game, isn't it? You know, it's 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 yeah. there's a strategy to it. There's clearly a, a sort of a sort of a way of going about it. Different types of armies want to do it in different ways. It's not something I fully understand either, to be honest. Um, so we'll have to practice it at some point. Maybe one day we'll do a video series. <laughs> a lot of people really like were vocal about not liking it. I didn't mind at all. I was yeah. like, you know what? Yeah, I made mistakes. It it screwed me for a couple of games. Right, fine, but. I don't mind it as a variation to the UKTC. Yeah. I love UKTC, but as you say, you almost learn how to play 40k on UTC, UKTC, and then anyone else throws any other uh, terrain yeah. at you, you're like, what, what do I do with this? Yeah, um, exactly. It's just a different style. It's nice to try different styles, isn't it? The game, you know, if we, we play millions of different armies and different missions, why not have different terrain selves? So. Yeah. I think so the, the um, as I say, the uh, quite a common issue with player paste is that it can really widen a skill gap. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it does. Players. I think it does. And then when you get to the top end, it actually makes no difference. Yes. Because both players know exactly what they're doing. And once you hit a certain level, it makes no difference to the outcome of the game as opposed to, as opposed to a setup. Mm. But at the lower end, it can widen any skill oh, gap. Um, so I think that's... A, one way of considering it's, it's another opportunity to make a bad decision yeah um, yeah yeah and uh, and i think and i think i tell you what though like for, for my money i would hate every 40k event to be like that but if for example peterborough slam's unique selling point was that they did that exactly I would that. buy tickets 100 percent. exactly yeah. that yeah i agree i think i think you little having little pockets of it out and around in the uk scene is a good thing i think it's nice to have a mix uh, it's just the same with twisted war i don't mind having events like twisted war where it's a bit different and a bit more variable i think it's important not to just be playing the exact same thing all the time um and i'd get bored if i was great okay chris what did you get round two well, so as we've established in my game one, I played in tonight, so I'm not a huge fan of playing in tonight. <laughs> but it wasn't the most optimised list. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine my joy then when <laughs> I got knights again. Um, and not only just knights, but this time it was 13 armigas. Yeah. Um, and furthermore, it was on the same board. Oof. So it was, uh, it was a bit of a... Oh, no, it was against a guy called Kylo, who's... Mm-hmm put hundreds of games of reps in with his knights and they look amazing and he's up see him at every tournament i've always i wonder if i ever play him he's a lovely chap um and we kind of had to arrange the board and got darren to come over and help and basically the entire middle of the board was open um and then we had these rocks down in our deployment zone off to the side we played the mission the scouring um so it's like hammer and anvil all five in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were plenty of places I could move block down the flanks, but the whole middle of the board was open. And unfortunately, he got first turn. 
um, which meant he could move forward and get out of these move blocking areas zones, mm. so to speak. Um, turn one, he launched an Armager 21 inches into my deployment zone. <laughs> oh, yeah. YOLO Armager. To kill two bikes. It's actually a really clever play because those yeah. two bikes my turn one. He knows exactly what you're going to do with those. Yeah. As soon as doing that, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Fortunately, everything else, I was just making four ups for days. This, day, this <laughs> is the second game where my dice rolling was absolutely obnoxious. I genuinely made about 75% of my four up invulnerables in this game. I think. So a lot of his models, he had some of the Helverins and he had a lot of Melter as well. Mm -hmm. He Not a single Melter shot got through this entire game. Mm. He either whiffed his rolls or I just made my four-ups. Um, but yeah, basically, so he has this, he's only killed like one boat and the two bikes in his turn one. And I'm like, right, okay, how's, what do I need to do? You know, there's 13 Armagers just in the middle of the boards all over the place. So kind of down one flank, down my left flank, basically the entire game, there are four armages, and I send a boat at a time just to block it, charge it and block it, and nothing gets out that way for the whole game. So that's mm. we're not worrying about that. Um, down the middle, he's sending all his combatty stuff, and then there's some more Helverins down on my right flank. And I have this moment where I'm like, I scrape by killing this minus one damage um i was in my lines because all my fusion whiffs or they're like he's transhuman them or he's got the four up in one mm. all those things just build up and it's really hard to get a fusion through and i'm at this point where i'm like i've got this charge i can charge into a, a another armature which only got four wounds left or i can charge into these halverins this one halverin at the front of three to move block all of those halverins so they can't now they won't be able to see and shoot mm. I'm like, I'm going for the move block. And he's like, well, you know, you're probably going to, you might well struggle to score your, your um, bring it down. And this knight has only got four wounds and your way of winning this game is reducing my resources. I'm like, okay, I'll make the charge. So I go into the charge, try and do the four wounds, obviously fail, uh, because there's no way five troops get through two wounds on an armage unless you're lucky, basically. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't get lucky. And next turn, sure enough, I've got three armages <laughs> in my deployment zone, just blap, going blap, blap. straight yeah. into my deployment zone of my oh, four boats that are hiding there. So it was definitely the wrong choice. Yeah. But there you go. Um, anyway, this game was a really, really interesting game because I felt enough back foot the whole time, but I had quite a good turn too. Killed three of them, I think. Remember, nothing on the other side of the board is doing anything because it's just move blocked. Yeah. The fundamental issue is quite simple. Armagers are five wound, are five model obsec. Yeah. And I can't knock him off that you because can't. he's sticking two models on each objective. Yeah. I'm not killing them quickly enough. Yeah, and we realized on turn two basically that I was going to lose the game. Mm -hmm. Um, so my only play was turn three go for um all of the fusion, hope it all sticks, kill three armages again in my turn three. Yeah. Not a single fusion wound got through, and that was enough um to mean that I just wasn't. I was to be fair, it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. It finished 87 82, and considering he got 45 on primary and I got 30, um. And that was actually, I was reasonably happy with that. Um, but yeah, I, it, was, it felt like a game where somewhere there is a, 
there's an opportunity to win somewhere. I could almost have worked it out maybe with another two or three reps. Um, but going not. First. But, so going first, what happens is I send stuff straight down those flanks. They're all stuck in the middle. Um, and then I probably send one boat down the middle to, or maybe I even let the middle stuff, it's so open, I can't really move block it. But those uh, things on either side are just blocked. Meanwhile, I start scoring my eights or my primary. Um, and that can have a, definitely turn it around. Uh, but that was terrain situation. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the fundamental issue is that Harlequins score a lot, win a lot of games by scoring well, but denying their opponents primary. Yeah. And wasn't an option. And Knights are just super hard to do that. Into the armature list, especially when he got to turn three, he was virtuous and everything was eight, eight model yeah. obsec. And you're like, cool, man. This is fun. I got I maxed out nearly all my secondaries that were killed enough for bring it down to get fifteen and stuff. Um I got twelve on behind enemy lines. So it was an alright game. Um That is a tough matchup there. That's pretty brutal. That was me. One and one. One and one. So we were all one and one over at Twisted Warp at that point, right? You, me and Jamie, all of us. Yep. Um, because in my game, I played against the lovely James Grover, who you will know as Wings, who is the Goonhammer writer, and he does a lot of the um, results and competitive coverage over at Goonhammer. I've been reading his reports since before I was playing Eldar at all, and you know he was one of the people who I was copying when I was first sort of running around with Eldar. Um, and James had a lovely Orthway list, which had a smattering of all the different aspect warriors, sweeping hawks and banshees and fire dragons and all sorts of stuff going on and a bunch of casters backing up an avatar of Kane. Um, people that know me know I really like playing against Eldar because I know Eldar really well, and it's a lovely, delicate machine, and I know exactly where to kick it to make it not work. Um, and so I have a good time playing against Eldar and have done all of ninth. I don't, have I lost? I don't know if I've lost 12s in ninth. Maybe once. Um, and to compound the situation, we were on the scouring, which is a very intimate mission. <laughs> To put it mildly, you've got five objectives right next to each other. So for, for James, with an army that's very delicate, wants to play its game, score its points, and keep me at arm's length, he is starting right next to my horrible horde. And to actually score primary, he needs to be danger close to a bunch of bikes and neophytes. And basically, every objective on that map is in range of my 24-inch seismic cannons, right? It's a pretty horrible map. So the mission was really tough for James. Um, and he went with Assassinate, Warp Ritual, No Prisoners, which is a game plan that's only going to work if you you win the military battle, right? You need to kill me or completely off the board to get Assassinate with GSC because most of the characters are hiding at the back. Um, and this was one of the games, there's been a few recently where I've sort of started to tease out the passive game of GSC better, which is that you can take your time. You've got a few turns. You can sit scoring Brood Swarm because you've got so many bodies, you can sit scoring ambush because the enemy gradually feeds you things which you're killing and you're making sure you do it right to make sure you get your points. And you take banners rather than R&D because banners encourages them to come and try and take them down. Mm. And the enemy are sending resources to take them down. And you're not actually necessarily scoring that great on banners, but you are scoring well on ambush because if they've sent stuff to you to take banners down, you are guaranteed to be able to get units either side of it get an exposed kill, score your three now, four in the future for ambush, and round you go. So what I had on my flank was a Kelomorph in a truck. That was all it was, holding one objective. And James kept sending units to take it and stop me holding a banner. The Kelomorph would hop out the truck, kill the unit, 
hop back in and just kept scoring me points round and round and round. And I was like, oh, this is a fun combination. I'm going to keep doing this. Um, and James started to run out of resources. The avatar had an accident on my flank because he got a bit gung-ho and he got hit very hard with all of my psychic damage. Um, and it is definitely worth saying James rolled abysmally all game like his his attacks weren't good his saves weren't good his feel no pains and, and in runs on the avatar weren't good um but the, that meant that the avatar fell over and at that point it was time for me to push up and so the game ended with tons of neophytes and pure strains and bikes sort of starting to flood um the elder half of the board there was an amazing moment where a fire dragon exarch just ran through on his own and shot my magus in the face with a heat lance and killed her absolutely brilliant because that got him some assassinate points and also the magus have been a massive pain in the ass because she's got the unwilling orb so she can deny from anywhere which again with an eldar game he'd already had a situation where a warlock had gone to do the warp ritual and had then got stranded there because he couldn't get him back out again then the kelamorth had killed the warlock so it's just a lot of stuff like that where the eldar game plan which is very precarious just wasn't able to function the way it likes to um and james was a bit a bit unwell and wasn't had sort of had a bit of a rough start to the event so i think considering that he was in very good humor and we had a lot of fun with it and it was it was a real pleasure to play him and i hope that i'll play him again in future um but it was a rough matchup for him and and, and i think he, he needed better dice than he had um to make it work but it was really nice to see the avatar out and slashing his way through stuff davy round nice. three uh, round three, uh, so uh, so I'll, I'll be completely honest here because this was an awful event for me. Uh, <laughs> so we got the pairings and yeah. we were sitting waiting like, oh, I want to know what I've got, etc. And I'm sitting with my friends and I get iron hands and I, I wink at my friend and went, what a touch. A little bit of Marines, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, iron don't, hands. Don't mind if I do, yeah. I they're rubbish. <laughs> Not. They're absolutely not rubbish. They are not, are they, Davey? The geezer's got a plane that's half the size of his deployment zone. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, flies are crap, aren't they? Marine flies are rubbish. Um, And uh, I I didn't know enough about the fire raptor. And, uh, yeah, so I I did okay on my player base terrain here. I created, like, a little fort because I knew I'd get shot at. And, And that kind of worked okay. However, I could have done it better, and unfortunately, like I couldn't hide everything in turn one, not not everything qu- quite. Um, and I thought, well, you know what? If I get first turn, everything will be a okay because he had the drop pod, he had the fire raptors, he had two dreads, he had a load of um, a load of bodies for objectives. Uh, again, really nice bloke, even if he was from Middlesbrough, like fair play. Like that. Um, He's a good, he was a really nice geezer. He played, oh. he played Max later on with this fire after as well. So, nice. no top guy. Um, and, uh, and yeah, absolutely mullered me with this fire after. Um, so, he got he got first 10. Drop pod comes down. They kill a squad of Raveners, squad of zone throw-ups. And I think, and I thought, you know, I mean, realistically, that's nearly, I think he probably killed in total 400 points in turn yeah. one. Must be 600 well, now. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, and I thought, you know, okay, fine. I'm, I'm, I can get around this. I can figure it out. He's moved his dreadnoughts dangerously close to my hive tyrant. I'm like, right, we're going, in. we're going in. So I again had a brain fart and forgot that dreadnoughts are minus one damage. Um, and the Reaper of Obliterax, while Games Workshop intends it to go through that those kind of barriers, 
Yeah, it's been um, ruled that way now. Yeah. Well, it has been, but it's the FAQs not until next week. Yeah. But was, I think, uh, to my understanding, and speaking to a rules writer, it was the intention of uh, every tournament in the UK pretty much has ruled that uh, things like minus one damage or half damage is affecting your damage characteristic, not trying to avoid a wound. Mm. Which, fine. But anyway, I forgot this. Uh, put the Dreadnought on one wound and uh, then proceeded to solo myself as uh, as <laughs> I, you know, my Hive Tyrant couldn't run away again. Yeah, you need to kill and it, that, don't you? Oh, God. And, and what else was I going to try and kill this fire after with, right? So, yeah. Well, mines are good, but they ain't taking down a fire after. Mm. Um, so, yeah, in the end, I, I eked out points. Um, it came, it was a, he beat me by 18 points, which mm-hmm. is still still a lot, obviously. But mm. um, I managed to like smash him on primary at the start of the game and then slowly kind of eked it away as, I, as my resources dripped away. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing, there's, there's not really much else I could have done. I was just at the, you know, didn't have enough resources to do much. Uh, but then again, it was my own, my own mistakes. So there we go. Um, but a good game, and um, and obviously I got a good ribbon off my mates after giving him a wink. Of course, of course. But those yeah. those kinds of lists can always catch you out because they're they're unusual profiles, right? I used to run a couple of wraith nights, and people would come over fully expecting to have a great time, and then not have a great time because a wraith night is a big weird profile that they weren't used to dealing with. And it's yeah, so it's the beware the skew list. It's always it's, it's always dangerous. It's, it can happen to anybody. But the the hive tyrant really does live or die by whether he gets it right when he goes in, doesn't he? That's that's game over when it goes wrong. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's one of the challenges actually of mm. kind of understanding what will it kill and what won't it kill. And yeah. Then it, it's, sometimes it's better just to go for the really easy thing. I think and so. For like two three turns, literally just bullying chaff seems to be the way, and then. Staying out of trouble until later. Yeah, but he had a tech marine underneath the fire after that was repairing it. And, oh. um, giving it, plus one, <laughs> giving it plus one to hit. Yeah, so and it's rerolling its one. So it's it's very one. very effective fire after, isn't it? But what was really clever that he did as well is he wasn't zooming around the battlefield. He moved it turn one in his own deployment zone, and then put it in hover, and it just sat there like a big tank shooting <laughs> buggery out of me. That's great, but terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Again, uh, lessons learned, though. Yeah, of course, absolutely. And that's and this is something where was, it's funny because me and Chris were talking about sort of the various different sort of levels that different players in the team are currently at. And one of the things that I always come back to is that you literally can't fast forward event experience. It's this very frustrating process where you just have to do it for quite a long time before a sort of bedrock of experience is there. And there will always be new ways to fall flat on your face, and obviously, mm-hmm. you know, people who've been playing it for years still continue to do that, right? <laughs> like it's find new ways of losing. You absolutely do, but, but new ways to lose. There is no shortcut. You can't just suddenly arrive at you know two years of events and, and starting to feel like those sort of sort of things are less likely because it just takes it just takes time, and you absolutely. just have to keep showing up. We've got a bunch of players who are going to be really good. Um, but you do just have to keep having those games until you get there. Unfortunately, there's no way. There's no way round it. You've got to go through it. Um, Chris, what did you get in round three? Um, well, I got more knights, but this time they were grey ones. Oh, um, so this mission was data scry salvage, which, as we know, is a win big or lose big kind of mission. Um, he had a, quite a mic- mishmash of stuff. Um, 
but a lovely guy. I would say that Grey Knights have quite good potential into Harlequins in as much as their shooting and output profiles can be quite good. Um, but it takes a lot of the hitting the Harlequins at the right points with enough of the right stuff. It didn't quite happen yeah. in this game. Um, he kind of got first turn. Um, we had more terrain this time, um, and it kind of meant you could hold the flanks on Data Scry Salvage. Mm-hmm. And um, he kind of sent a couple of uh, intercept squads off to the right flank, um, along with a Dread Knight. And in my turn, I kind of picked up the Dread Knight, picked up some of the interceptors. Um, I would probably probably wasn't like a super. I think this was only his second ever GT. Um, so there were a few kind of like. So, for example, he had a five-man Paladin Brick and a five-man Terminator Brick. Mm-hmm. They sat on his home objective. Um, and he was sending out other stuff to do it. It was actually the Terminators are the things I don't want to deal with yeah. because my, I can't really kill them. Yeah, it's really hard um, to get through them. They should be the things that are coming just straight at me, and they didn't. Um, so I was able to pick off the edges, and at turn three, he kind of just had the stuff left on his home field objective and... <laughs> I just had both the rest. <laughs> I, had, I had all the objectives. I think I came then, over at that point. I was like, oh, yeah, it's all right. It's fine. Yeah, he didn't, um, <laughs> it's he didn't in hand. Score, <laughs> he didn't really score any primary in that game. So it finished 91 43. Um, and uh, yeah, lovely guy. But mm. yeah, it was just a bit of a rough game for him. Very nice. And for my round three, I had Wayne. And Wayne. Um, I think is involved in Savage Hammer. Yeah, he runs Savage Hammer. He's David, got tower, right? Yeah, that's right. So Wayne was a really fun bloke. Oh, he nice he gave me a cider straight into the game, and I had you know we, we had a, we had a really nice chilled time with it. A lot of joking. He had a a flipping proper f off gun line of Tau, right? A couple like long strike hammerhead, storm surge, riptide, <laughs> bunch of broadsides. Um, and then sort of support, you know, the obligatory sort of supporting chap and stuff. And it was it was obviously like a fun stuff he wants to run kind of tower list. It wasn't optimized. I wouldn't say Wayne was the optimizing type. He was much, much more there to have fun with it. But it was an utterly deadly list as well. Right. So I'm in that situation where it's like this is definitely not a sort of hyper competitive build, but it is terrifying because it's tower and it can shoot the living daylights out of me. So I had I I, I like this guy. Salvage. it's a mission I really enjoy. I play the flanks with GSC and Data Scrice Calvary quite well, and I managed to do that quite well in this to the point that we ha- I sort of had Wayne's castle kind of lured out down one side, and I basically refused flanked him. So he came down one side expecting to be able to hit a few things, and then I moved blips with various redeploy shenanigans so that my army just wasn't there. So he didn't really get to shoot much in his turn one. And then I pushed up the other flank, used the sort of regenerating banner and stuff to make sure, even though he was shooting me, on those two objectives, I was just growing back and retaking them. And then the bikes eventually managed to get round and take um, Wayne's home field objective because his castle had already moved on and the fire warriors in the back there were not up for defending it. We had a lot of fun because he had a little like fire blade guy there and my bikes came in. I was like, how good is this guy? And Wayne was like, oh, it's really good. It's really good. You, you don't want to mess with him. <laughs> He'll mess you up. He's got a little knife. And then uh, my jackals went in and beat him up. And that was that was the end of that. <laughs> we, we took the backfield objective. So. But it was a re- really, really fun game. Wayne, Wayne was an absolute delight to play. And and um, we took we took that with quite quite a high score in the end, and and so that was that was a solid a solid round three, and probably my most relaxed game of the event, both because of it was a more sort of casual list, but also because Wayne was just a really lovely guy to play. So it was a really fun way to end day one. Oh, cool. Um, David, what did you hit the next day? What, what was your round? Uh, four? So we did. We my round four was Data Scry Salvage. 
Um, and I went into Brent and his Empress Children. Mm. Um, and I've only ever lost to CSM. I thought I'd never lost to CSM, but Tom kindly reminded me that I did lose <laughs> to CSM once. I battered you with the Night Lords, yeah. Night Lords. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I played Brent and his, uh, his Empress Children. Um, he uh, His army was all Horus Heresy models, which is okay. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Abaddon, so it was the, it was the 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 standard kind of like metal list with Abaddon in. Um, was there anything different? I, I can't think there was. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was really, really like kind of intimidating. Like, whoa, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, he in the first two turns of the game had the worst rolls I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I, I went into the game going right, ignore the terminus, kill everything else. That's the, yep. what you do, right? Because yeah, then yeah, you yeah. Kill everything else, you can't really all objectives. You know, but then round two, we filled both his five up in vol and the um, only hit on fours. What's a guy to do, right? I've got to go kill them Terminators now. If he's got ones, then got I've got, none, got, got none of the buffs on. Yeah. So, in, so hive, flying hive turret goes in. Swarm lord goes in. Like, because they're yeah. literally just at perfect range. I'm like, this is too good to be true. Yeah. It was too good to be true. Yes. Um, so it turns out, even when they're not fully buffed, they're still rather difficult it's to kill. Still got the black rune on, don't they? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And it was it was rough, man. So I, um, we I killed five with the swarm lord. Cool. <laughs> That's um, good. That's pretty good. And then I put the I put the horror on them just to make sure like they'll run away. I was like, right, I've got to get rid of these guys now. Yeah. We'll do it now, and I lose like one of the tyrants to Abaddon. I'm not bothered. That's fine. Yeah. This is so much points to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Um. But obviously he fights next, so he fought me and put my hive tower on one wound or two wounds or something. And I was like, okay, uh, but the hive tower can get them. No, he killed one. Nah. Then, then he uh, then he um, auto passed his morale, and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there's a way round it. Yeah, yeah. Next, um, both As a night lord player, I feel you, right? You get all these lovely leadership tricks. It's like, but actually, that sometimes it just doesn't matter. Yeah. So both 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 tyrants died, and I thought, oh my god, I'm going to lose this again. Um, like you know, three losses in a row. Mm-hmm. But then I pulled it back with, um, uh, you know, I, I'm happy. To, I'm always happy to dig myself, uh, get, have digs at myself for things I do that are stupid. I did play the primary really well in this game. I denied him primary. You've always played the primary well. That's one of your strengths. You do yeah. it very well. Denied him it pretty much until the end of the game, where he yeah. he, he got an eight at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. But every you know, I was I was constantly at it with him, and then with yeah. with, with banners as well, doing very good. Um, and then psychic interrogation just won it. He um, he took engaging all fronts, and I, and recognised that at the start that he only had one unit that could actually get into my right hand side. Mm-hmm. And so I just sent the Raveners in, traded for that unit, but I knew he couldn't score it after that. Yeah, nice. So I was like, nice. I'll, I'll happily throw 175 points away so that you yeah. score zero on that primary. Yeah. Um, but super nice guy, and he, I think by the sounds of it, he enjoyed the event. So good, good, and well done for digging it out after a, a setback. Yeah. That's yeah, it's such a tricky one. The Terminators, because it, it can go really wrong ignoring them as well. It's a really damned if you do thing sometimes. But 
think putting a big hole in them if you've got the opportunity probably does make sense. Even if no, you absolutely. don't quite make as big a hole as you, well, as you thought. I thought you'd think two high turrets could do you it. You would, you would. Yeah, you would. But, you would you would think between them they'd get that done, right? The fight first, the fight first did it, right? So yeah, because yeah, he yeah. didn't have to interrupt me, but he did. Um uh like you know, being able to put my high turret hitting on fours, pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. My mistake. Chris. What did you play in round four? <laughs> Some absolute dickhead. <laughs> oh, oh, this is be quite this, right? Um, so, uh, we at the end of the day, we were looking at our placings, um, and Tom and yep. I were very close. But very we were close. Separated by two places. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the person I was supposed to play on that Sunday, um, I'd already played, which was the fourteen arms. Ah, uh, yeah. So it then knocked down. So Kylo then played Alex Chancellor yep. and his orcs. Well, didn't because then... Yeah, actually didn't because then there was some whole other stuff. But yeah. <laughs> um, Death Watch game. Um, and it meant that we got drawn together, didn't we, Thomas? We did. We did. This is my first um, ever Plusoff. I've never had a Plusoff. I've had about five, six... <laughs> you have one every event. <laughs> constant. Um I think to understand this game, you probably need to go back in time about a couple of months. You do. That's where this game really begins. It really did. (laughs) Tom came over and we tried, um, I tried my LGT style list of two 10-mans and six boats into Tom's kind of like GSC list. Yeah, we practiced against each other. Um, And Tom was very aggressive. I was. It's my natural way to play. I'm an aggressive person in game. And um, I won that game. And I was thinking, right, okay, well, what went well last time? I'll do the same sort of thing. So this mission, I would say there was a lot more terrain this time. A lot more. Um, and we were playing... Uh, Recover the Relic. Recover the Relic. So Recover the Relic is a mission. It's Hammer and Anvil. But it's one of the easiest in theory for primary. The easiest. Um, because you um, there's three objectives in your half of the board. Yep. And you only need three at either end. Very generous. Hold one, hold two. You've got three to be holding. And you only need to hold a couple. Yeah. Which means, you know, the Harlequins obviously like to steal primary, and that was obviously going to be a bit trickier yep. um, in that game. Um, so I can't choose We Veil realistically in that no, game. Because the Magus will fuck it up. <laughs> deny from anyway. Yep. So I've got, I go Rod. We had this discussion before the game about whether to go Banners or. Um, R&D. And I'm like, well, Tom's going to be deep striking stuff three inches away on all my objectives. I want to have all my stuff in my boat. She's just going to keep stealing my banners and my primary. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't work. So I'm just going to go for a safe option of R&D. I'm going to go and um, get an eight on it and maybe a 12. Yeah. And that's going to plan. Tom chose his two GSC ones, which are, which are ludicrous. Um, which are very strong. Very and good. Banners. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I then got first turn. Yeah. Um, and first turn sucks because I don't know where Tom is. The train was enough that he could be hidden. Yeah. And um, it meant that kind of an alpha strike wasn't really an option. Yeah. Tom had made a really good idea, clever idea. He put most stuff on the board. Um, my plan had been turn one to try, uh, because Twilight Pathways in, path, uh, pathways in a bike unit into the deployment zone, which is what I always do. Very risky when Tom can just deny it from anywhere. I can't play around that deny. Yeah. So what I would normally do is send in like a troop master, do some shooting into a bike unit, send in my super long range troop master, kill some more of the bike unit, um, and then get a deploy, get a behind, get a deadly, etc. Mm-hmm. 
Tom actually started all his bikes in blips rather yeah. than because he decided he wasn't going to pre-game move. So my yeah. first turn, I kind of just set up a little bit on one side, sent the bikes forward, managed to get Twilight Pathways off mm-hmm. and scores and kind of went over to you, Tom. Yeah. And at that Tom point, Tom went, cool, I'm going to kill these two bikes and back to you, Chris. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I sat where I was and hid behind walls and yeah. waited for the same thing to happen again. <laughs> we, it's, we kind of thought about it. And I was like, right, well, how much do I want to send over to, I could give, keep it into a form primary. Um, I could knock down those banners, but I would be sacrificing two five mans to do it. And I can't sustain that. Um, and the more I thought about it, I was like, well, the thing is, if he just sits there, he wins on banners versus R&D. Yeah. And he's got bottom of turn, which means he's going to get 12 on the primary. Yeah. And so he just wins. Yeah. So and in Recover the Relics as well, you're getting additional primary for kills. Yes. So everything that comes in is adding to my primary because I'm just picking the the little. If he if he plays piecemeal, I'm just topping up my primary with kills. And because time. my list is lots of big horrible blobs of guys, a little bit is not going to kill my unit. So Chris is not picking up the recover the relics primary. Yeah. So I'm get I'm really doubling down and losing on the primary. Yeah. So I kind of only spent like a few like five minutes just trying to work out what to do. I suddenly went, you know what? Actually, I need to be pretty aggressive. Got to go. Yeah. So I put. Um, I put one boat in the deployment zone with a five man. I put four, uh, three boats behind a ruin in about the midboard. Yeah. I was still worried about my backfield, which in hindsight, probably, I mean, who knows if I had just dumped all my bikes, <laughs> who knows how Tom would have dealt with it. Yeah. Um, and I proceed to shoot four shuriken boats and five troops charge into this 20 man neophyte blob. Yeah. And I leave two alive. Um, and leaving two alive is sad because it means they're going to start coming back with all the yeah, good and guns. And I rolled like a four and got all the good guns back. You got all the good guns Oh, no, back. in fact, I had done it. This is an Innes Wilson thing. I'd left the good guns at the end of a long chain and Chris attacked the top end of the chain. I took from the middle of the chain. He was still in combat with the top of the chain, couldn't pile in closer to me. Then those died to coherency and I passed leadership on the couple that were left, and then I regrew the chain. Oh, yeah. Some yeah. some technical shit. Thank you, Innes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, so then Tom had to like deal with these like boats. The psyche had a really good psychic phase. Um, a and, a uh, fucking ludicrous psychic phase. Like did a ton of more up, wounds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, picked up um, the kind of the nearby stuff very quickly, which meant the shooting wasn't then going to be risky. Yeah. And then out of those um, three boats behind a ruin, killed one. Yeah, I think um, kill, it basically killed one boat and what was in it. Yeah. That was it. Sort of settled for just cleaning one of the boats out. But I had stuff coming in from the flank, which meant that they couldn't land anywhere to be safe when I when I opened yeah, that exactly. boat. Yeah. Um, so we come to my turn three, and I'm like, well, I need to keep up the offensive. And I send in three units of troops to try and just see how much I can kill because I'm still panicking about the primary yeah. um, difference. And I kind of kill a 20-man neophyte blob on one flank. I kill these five acolytes on the other. I'm managing to take down the banners reasonably. You do. Yeah, you put um, me down to one banner by this point. Yeah, and I put in another five-man just into bikes and... In retrospect, that was a bad mistake because they yeah. just they just don't do anything into those five bikes. They tag it, great, but I'd already tagged them from the other side with another five man. Yeah, um, I'm scoring my points well, but that should have been a rod unit. Yeah, they I needed to go in R and D, right? This is what we realised at the end. I should have yeah. done my R and D, uh, but I didn't. I went to do down more kitty rope, and but there's just not enough presence in Tom's half of the board. I've still got like three boats remaining back in my half of the board, Tom. Quite crucially, Tom has decided to hold off 
on his three on his final neophyte blob. Yeah, so I've got a twenty. He knows, mm. Yeah, he knows that I've got to worry about that and where it's going. And if that's gone down turn two, I'm like, right, I know my backfield is safe. Yeah. Everything's going. Which is exactly what I did when we practiced, however many yeah. months before. I dropped everything turn two, and then Chris, I put a huge hole in Chris's army, but Chris still won it with like the handful of troops that were left because once my stuff's down, it's very easy to tie up and get stuck into. So just keeping yeah. that big blob up in the sky, because it it was the upgrade to come in three away. It also means Chris has to be super careful with his stuff on the backfield because, as as Chris says, it's only characters and boats, right? It's actually really hard to stop me dropping on objectives with those units and he doesn't want to get the troops out because then the 20 man just drops and kills the troops right so it's, yeah. so it's a tricky position for him to be in as long as that's in the sky yeah um so tom quite um comfortably clears up everything in his lines i'm at this stage where we've got kind of like two turns to go um and i've got about three boats left with yeah. troops um and tom's still got um, a 20 man, a growing back 20 man, <laughs> yeah, and bikes and his characters and a keller off and that. So he's got the peace advantage. We're also starting to run out of time. We, we literally uh, are running out of time. We're, we're it, it's a really engaging minutes, game, but that three rounds takes us basically the it entire takes so long because we okay. both need to be thinking a lot. There's a lot of movement stuff, and it's yeah. just a very intense game. So we kind of just um, half play, half talk because I, we're at a stage where the my scoring was pretty i could only optimize it in a certain way yeah tom could only optimize his in a certain way um i knew i'd get one more rod um i knew that i would be able to have enough stuff to get behind enemy yeah. lines and get my deadly by you know moving for objectives stealing back objectives etc um tom knows he's going to get his 12 on his primary he's going to be able to raise some banners because he's now just got a lot more models than me yeah and we kind of we worked out that it finished ninety eighty seven to Tom, yeah, super close. Which game. is extremely close. And I think from from mine, I mean that's that's pretty much it. And so I'd obviously learned to play this matchup much more passively, and actually had had a bit of practice playing against the elves in the in the round before doing that, both from conversations with Chris about how he how people that he'd played against, I think both Innes and Greg Chamberlain had played quite passively against you, and that had worked better. So I was like, right, I'll try that. Um, and the other thing with this matchup, you know. There's a lot of luck because this is the ideal mission for me. Because as Chris says, I think almost any other mission in the game, he can keep me on a four or a zero for four turns with that list very happily. But on Recover the Relics, he can't in the same way unless he goes all in at the start, which I know Chris is reluctant to do. And I was very much gambling on it. If I go second and I hold off and Chris hasn't committed to go all in, I can probably hold him off. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the pattern of the game. Um, but I think the other thing to say is, as we started running out of time, I started playing like absolute garbage. Like I had the resources to win the game. I was in a position to win the game. I had gone into this psychologically. Beforehand, I'd gone into the game, and was, I didn't communicate any of this because this wasn't relevant at the time. I was like, I'd, I wasn't expecting to win the game because I know it's a really hard matchup. I'd gone into the game. The for me, the most important thing was to not bitch and moan about Harlequins, and that was my mission. <laughs> because anyone who knows Six Plus knows that behind the scenes, I'm very critical of Harlequins. I've been very hard on Harlequins the whole time Chris has been playing them, because I've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet about how they wrote the book, and I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the rules for Harlequins this time round. Um, but I, 
I was very determined for that not to be something in the game with Chris because I want it to be I want it to be a fun game and a clean game and not have any sort of bitching or moaning or or negativity. So that was what I was focusing on psychologically as as well as playing the game as sort of as as, as focused as I could. I was like, stay in the game, don't get sucked into sort of sort of saltiness about anything like that. When it became apparent I could actually win the game towards the end and there wasn't enough time, I was definitely flapping and useless and making bad decisions. And at that point, Chris very much was just like, just chill out and let's just work this. <laughs> let's just work out how this is, how this goes with the rules left out. Because he, he, I think he could very much see that left to my own devices, I was just going to make a bunch of garbage I've plays. I never like it. It was quite interesting. Yeah. Literally almost shaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dice yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I just, I just suddenly, I was just suddenly a bit spooked and surprised. And I'm, I say, I'm someone who can get a bit, get a bit shaky and rattled uh, mentally. Anyway, that's just me. Um, and that decided to kick in. And Chris, Chris, very much stepped in and saved the day by by not allowing me to completely fuck up that end of the end of the game. So, I'm very appreciative of him for that. Um, and. I th- it would actually be really have been really fascinating to fully fully play out those last two rounds because yeah. although you know we've got we've got the rough sense of how it goes, it's it's forty k and it's it's one of those things where you know who knows exactly but yeah that's 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 how it that's how it went down and it was an absolutely fascinating game really really interesting. Oh, really interesting yeah, game. it was a, and it well yeah as I say for for me me and Chris always always have good games but that was one of the best ones we've ever had and it was really really fun and tactically and it was just that moment in two where you're just like I've got to go because for a minute it looked like you were going to have another turn of not I was just going to send one and I was five. like if he does that I'm then I'm home right if it's another turn of me just just nibbling away at his stuff without him getting stuck in then there's no way but then you did force the issue and and make it much scarier. Yeah, I think, um, and if you want to actually see this in a visual representation, yes. we've just released a bite-sized battle report in which we filmed the game. Um, it's an eight-minute battle report, and we just talk We just talk about our turn. You can see it visually. And at the end of the game, I say, um, obviously, if I chose some banners, um, it would be a different game because yep. Tom has to come to me. I have to come to you. Um, but if I turn one, if I just dump six boats behind yeah. or in the middle of the board behind a ruin to cut some of the line for sites down, and I just go, right, these are going to be six boats. You could, how many are you going to kill? Yeah. And then all the troops are going to come out and they're going to yeah. come at you. And we're just going to have a fight and punch up in the middle and I'm going to shoot you and I'm going to tag your stuff with my boats. I'm just going to try and beat you as quickly as I can. Yeah. Um, that is another way that I could maybe yeah. have gone about. I think there's there's a very reasonable chance that you a zero me for a turn and b take every banner down doing that, which is yeah. which is really rough for me. Um, and it's just that that level of commitment. Also, with the way Harlequins play with the trapping and the consolidating, there's there's every chance that something gets stuck and you're just you're yeah. just there and I can't get you out. Yeah. And we also agreed your twilight list would be better into into me than your yeah. light list as well. And on that terrain, there was a. But there was a ruin on each side, reasonably close to the halfway point, where a ten man would be able to stage and then next turn charge into the deployment zone, um, and that would have been nice. Yeah, but wholesome, wholesome is the right word. It was a wholesome game, and um, I came, I came away very, very inspired by the example set by my captain. So that's a nice, <laughs> that's a nice thing to have at an event, I think, um, and I'll, I'll remember it for a long time. All right. Let me win next time. Oh, mate, it wasn't let let you do anything. You'll see. <laughs> you, you, you'll, you'll say if we play that exact match again, 
I know what's <laughs> happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh no, Round I don't want to. I don't want to draw him at Nottingham. I really don't. Time you had it here yeah, I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> So round five, Davey, how did you finish up? Um, well, this one, this one was a short one. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Jamie Balcom. Oh, yeah. hello. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He always sticks with custodies. He loves custodes. He takes nothing but custodies. Yeah, he's dedicated. Except so he played guard. What? <laughs> New guard. You got, ah. God, we couldn't have uh, said that. Why is he playing you if you're two and two? <laughs> well, <laughs> who knows, right? Um, <laughs> but he, um, yeah, so I'd never met him before. Um, and like, while, while, you know, most of my opponents very, you know, genuinely, genuinely very nice. Uh, Jamie was also super nice, but also has this kind of like competitive professionalism about him. Which yeah. I really yeah. kind of appreciate. I was like, "All right, I'm in a game here." Oh, absolutely! Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As it was though, I was in a game for three turns, and then I was <laughs> tipped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'd not, I'd not really played New Guard before. Um, obviously, seen a bit of it. I messed up my player base terrain like an absolute trooper. It was the worst setup I've ever done in in the that I, I, I had done in the entire game, entire day. And uh, yeah, looking at the score, um, it is really sad reading. Um, so I got seven on my primary. Um, what mission were you playing? Uh, we were playing secure missing artifacts. That's like the that's the one where you auto forty five, right? <laughs> if you're alive, if you're alive. <laughs> um, so what it was, I, I I made really great staging areas and tried to block his shooting. Yeah, but again, never give myself anywhere to hide in my actual deployment zone, uh, <laughs> which, you, which you do want against guard. Which you do want, yeah. And I thought, you know what? I'll go first. If I go first, this is all right. This is all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, oh, no. But I'd realised it as we were deploying. I'm like, ah, oh, turn two. I can hide in lots of places. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have my whole <laughs> army hidden in the midboard in safety. We've just got to get there. Is all. <laughs> Um, and there was, and I think he knew straight away because um, he got first turn. And then here's one for you. He measured out nine inches away from my tyrant guard. Um, obviously, I've put the tyrants out very visible. So I'd have to waste that space for them hiding behind the terrain yeah. piece. Um, he then, I, and, and I'm looking at the tanks going, oh, my God, where am I going to hide from these tanks? So I've deployed like, like okay, I think this kind of works. Forgot about the Kasakin. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to forget about them. Going, he, he said something along the lines of, I could just kill loads of stuff, but I'm just going to kill your tyrant guard. <laughs> it, it's one thing to have someone do something absolutely brutal to you, but when they explain it, yeah. it's not so much. Yeah, he's got, he's, he's got the bedside he's manner, doesn't he, of a sort of 1950s doctor. Just taking you, taking you to town. Yeah. <laughs> he was great, man. He was great. Um, oh, he's fantastic, and he's such a good player, Jamie Bolkin. Like very, very. Oh, he was. He, yeah, he knew his shit big time. Uh, he gave us a bit of a chance. He, he threw a lot of stuff into the middle, and I was like, my Ravenous don't even need to advance to get there. Um, but then, yeah, essentially, you know, he, he lured me out just to murder everything I had left. So, um, so yeah, turn three tabled, which led me to a score of twenty-seven. Ooh. And that was generous. That was very generous of him when we were talking. <laughs> um, ouch, baby, ouch. 96. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. That's one of those. 
that's 27 is what I scored against Death Guard on stream at Goonhammer Open. So I, I know how it feels. It happens. Oh, okay. I feel. I don't feel as bad now. Yeah, it can happen. It can happen. And yeah. that's. But also with a shooting army like that, that's. And guard is yeah, guard is scary. We should all be yeah. very afraid. So I went two three overall, and I was the second best Xenos player. <laughs> yes, yes, flipping have it. Yeah. They didn't uh, do a best Xenos player. Um, they didn't do any. Best. They didn't do best anything. I'd have had a best hive mind. Last year, because yeah. he won best thousands. Yeah, he did. Okay, I'll see you keep but the but, uh, the, uh, the, the, main, the main prize is looking nice. Anyway, after you, David. Uh, and just 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 to say, who won was uh, your good friend and former adversary, Jack Tight. Ah, Jack Tight's a very, very, very talented player. Well done, Jack Tight. What I'm liking about Jack Tight this season, it's a different list every time. It's just, he's just, he's just rushing through these different demons builds, and he's smashing it with every single one. It's just remarkable. Really, really cool. I mean, a lot of top players, it's the same list, you know, for like a few months. He just just seems to put a different one down each time and just clean up. Incredible. Yeah, just super good. Hmm. Um, Chris, what did you have round five? Um. Well, I got to play on the same table again. You did. Um, and this time the train wasn't as nice. But before that, my opponent rocked up. And my opponent was Ken. Ken Chambers. Um, oh, Ken, Ken. Chambers. Um, Smiling I played, killer. I played Ken before last year's Twisted um, Warp. I was going through some personal stuff, which meant that um, I was in a awful mood. And I had to play him with my custodians into his Grey Knights. And um, I lost quite comprehensively. And this time, Ken's come over, and Ken has just played Harlequins. He's just played Dom. Dom Madeline, And yep. he's just played on a table where Dom can put all his boats and hide everywhere, and Tao can't shoot him because he's hidden, and then Dom can go and do the Harlequin things. So Ken come over and basically says, if you want to go home, I'll just concede now. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Ken. <laughs> yeah, Savage Hammer Reborn. Yeah, yeah. He told us about that, actually, while we were chatting. <laughs> And I'm like, well, I don't want to, no, I don't want to get, and he was like, well, I came over and I thought I'd check the table, and there was a bit more shooting on this table, so I guess we can play, but, you know, if you don't want to play, then I'm happy to go home. Like, no, 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 like, we'll play, it'll be fine. So he's already coming in, just expecting to get hammered, which... You know, I've spoken to lots of people about this. I really hate hating. Yeah, this was this was exactly why in our game was like, I'm not. I don't want any of that crap involved. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not having any of that. Like, it's just so not true. So many different things can affect that. Ex- game. Exactly, exactly. And especially with Tau into four up in ones. Yeah. <laughs> so we we get set, setting up the train, and the mission is um, abandoned sanctuaries. Ken's got, uh, I guess you would say, not a well, an unusual Tau list, not top tier. But at the same time, it's got two bombers, it's got two riptides, um, it's got a crisis suit bomb with a shit ton of drones, and that's enough. Yeah, he's very enough. competent with his towel. Oh, he's, he's an incredibly competent player, he's full stop. So he's very dangerous. Very dangerous. Um, so like one of the hardest games I've ever had against him. <laughs> he's, he's scary. And on top of that, he's Borken, which, for those who don't know, is a bit of extra range, but it's also minus one strength to guns. It is. When targeting vehicles and monsters. Yeah. And what that means is that my Shuriken is now strength five. Yeah. Which is really not, which actually is basically minus one to wound. Yeah. Is how it works It's out massive. In that game. Yeah. Um, and they've got so, an Ignore Invun strat, don't they? As and well. they've got an Ignore Invun strat, which... Is quite good into Harlequins yeah. as well. I think Balkan is like the anti-Harley's one. It felt like it. Yeah, it is. Um, so anyway, we set up the terrain and Darren comes over and helps us set up. 
And the problem is that we are given multiple places to hide in our deployment zone. All three ruins I can hide in my deployment zone. In the middle, there is nowhere to hide. There are two dense forests, and then on the two objectives on each side, there's a little L, which anyone can move around and see. Um, on top of that, they're not, they've got quite large platforms um, where you could put your models onto, mm. but they're all open. So as soon as you put models onto those platforms, you can be seen through. So for Harlequins, I've got nowhere to stage, um, which makes it really tough um, to get into his deployment zone, score all my points, etc. Anyway, Davey, for the first time in the entire tournament, gets to go first. Um, and, you know, he's got these three... He's got these three yeah, sorry, Ken, not Davey. Yeah, Ken, not <laughs> like, yeah, Ken. Somewhere um, else at the same time, Davey was wishing he had gone first, but it yeah. wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Ken's got these three fire warrior units, one on his position on his back home field objective, and two others just on the line in the open. And he's just saying, I'm going to get aerospace targeting relay by yeah. going first yeah, 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 and moving yeah. them. And if I don't go first, they die, and I probably score zero on this secondary. But oh well, who yeah. cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, Davey gets to go first and just scores nine. Ken. Ken, sorry. I don't even know Davey. You're, you're talking to Davey now. I am talking to him. Right, anyway, so Ken does that. And on top of that, he um, flies his two bombs over. He kills one just with the um, with the mortal wounds, shoots, kills another one, kills the squad inside. There were only two left because three died on the get out. And then fires into another one and leaves it on one wound through, again, some ridiculous dice rolling by me. Um, so I'm there at this point. I'm like, right, okay, I've nearly lost three boats and a unit or, or two already. And I haven't had to get to go yet. Where on earth can I go? Wherever I go out in the midboard, I just get shot by riptides or by crisis. And I've got mm. these two planes to deal with. At that point, I made the decision to refocus on killing those planes. In hindsight, that's probably a bad decision, actually, because those planes are like basically pointing right close to my edge. They can only go off in separate directions, mm. turn two. And actually, I could probably position them, so, my stuff, so they can't bomb. And I can certainly make one pointless by going just to one side of the board. Mm. So maybe I could have left them alone. Instead, I leave like four or four boats in my deployment zone to try and kill these um, planes and send like three boats off or however many boats off kind of down the flank where the riptides are. So I want to stay away from the... Um, I want to make the crisis come out to play and the riptides um, have got super long range, whereas the crisis haven't. So I can go... I'll go try and hammer, turn it into hammer and anvil and go down that flank. Anyway, I then proceed to put 12 fusion shots into the um, planes and one gets through. I rolled a lot of three to hit and then minus one to hit. Um, I did eventually kill them. And it's one of those things where Ken was like, yeah, your dice rolling was awful. But actually, the planes died at the end of the day. It just took shuriken shots to kill them, which we're now winning on fives. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Um, the fundamental issue was then I was slightly left out in the open. Mm. On top of that, he auto-exploded a plane ah. and it did a load of mortal wounds, killed the boat, which was on one wound. All those, I just forgot you could auto-explode planes. Yeah. I didn't know Tower had that. That's brutal. Yeah, and the devil yeah. fish. Um, so what happened was for three turns, I played the game with three Star Weavers um, because five were dead. And I felt like I didn't really ever have a chance. And mm. I didn't have a chance. I kept scoring my points, which is our way. 
whilst the crisis bomb made its way to the middle, <laughs> then into my deployment zone. Yeah. Wiped as I went. Just went on a kill, killing spree. I can't yeah. kill these. I think. I think in that game, I killed ten of the fire warriors, the two planes, and a few drones. Because right. as soon as I set myself out, I just died. So it was just like little shots and little yeah. combat. But I just had no middle ground area. So I lost. Um, I lost ninety one seventy eight in that game. Well, it's not even that That's far. Still a very it's, good score. I, no, yeah. I, I mean. If you think so, yeah, the, the army just scores well, doesn't it? And the fact I did, I was quite happy just to keep, but it was abandoned sanctuaries. I was going second, that's a big point swing at the end. I was desperately just trying to keep my five mans around so I could go and score those points at the end of the game. Um, but I just I lost like one or two boats too many mm-hmm. to be able to have that point swing. Because if you think I lose by 13 and that final turn can actually be a huge point swing or five points for holding the middle. 12 points for holding more objectives if I just had the ability to do that. He chose an assassinate and uh, my final turn or my turn four was, right, here's a troop master in a boat. I'm going to strategic, we're going to pick him up and he has to come down next turn and you can't get the final assassinate points. He was that desperate. We managed to get to other characters. Um, but yeah, so I finished two and three. I think that was pretty much my worst showing of the army to date. Um, yeah, I mean, I scored well. Yeah, I, and it's it's that usual combination. Yeah, it's that well. combination of matchups and missions and first or second, right? It's always always the way. Like it's, yeah, it's always, it um, you had a, you had a whole bunch of the tough the toughest situations. I think you can see why the eight boats is good because it's just it sticks to the recipe really well. It wasn't for me. I like having my combat, yeah. um, and I am a creature of habit. I do like just knowing the terrain. I like the UKTC yeah, kind of, of format, and Harlequins do struggle when you don't have the middle-ish area to go and do your stuff later on. Mm. Like if I played into a combat army on that board, though, like I've got a chance, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, exactly. It, it does depend and vary. Um, but yeah, a bit disappointing, but we've got Nottingham coming up. I go back to my final hurrah of a four-pin run. Yeah, twilight. Six boats. I've got my two ten mans. How I change it after that, we'll see. But um. Yeah, Should we touch on very like quick, like thirty second synopsis on what we're taking to Nottingham? Yeah, should we finish? Uh, with Tom? Oh, Tom's got to go. Sorry, yeah, Tom's sorry, I've got, 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 got one more game. It's a doozy, and then, oh, then yeah, let's let's think about Nottingham. So, I get my first ever competitive game against Leagues of Votan in round five, Ooh. which is exciting, and it's a chap called Simon, and he's got eighteen of the Pioneers bikers. Three packs of six, two Hecaton land fortresses, bunch of foot lads, the magic fixer man who stands beside the fortress and makes it good, and a Carl who points and judges. And that is about it, because it's Votan, right? And they don't have loads of stuff, and he's gone for these really big, blocky units. Now, Votan is something... Well, sorry? No, no berserkers, no melee. No melee at all, guns. He went Ymir. It was a very shooty gun line type build. And I had been thinking about Votan in the run up to this because I've been building them and playing them for crusade purposes. I'm not looking to run them competitively, but I I do really like the range. Um, And so I had thought a little bit about how GSC and Votan go together. And my assessment was, well, that's just not a fight. I I don't win the fight, but I can win the game. Um, 
and Simon is relatively new back in the game. He's a long-term player and has watched the game and knows the game where well, he's going to LVO in a couple of weeks. So he's, he's, not, he's not a completely fresh chap, <laughs> but he's been out for a little while and he's come back. And he's only played like six or seven games with this list, but he's in the position to go for one event, which tells you again the raw power of it. Mm. And I do a shenanigans thing because GSC have a secret secondary strategy and I used it for the first time and I took psychic interrogation but I made it secret so that Simon didn't know I had it because we've got this board where we've got these great big crates in the center framing either side of the objective it's abandoned sanctuaries right which again probably is a plus for me because although I'm although my bikes can't pre-k move neither can his which I'm happy with in this situation I'll do that deal <laughs> um and there's little sort of L shapes in the crates, and I'm sort of looking at thinking I can get my psychers in there. Very good coverage of that bit of the board for psychic interrogation. And as long as he doesn't know I'm going to do it at the start, the chances are his characters are coming into that area, and then it's going to be hard because they're dwarves. They're not going to be rushing to get out in the immediate because he needs them out and about for the various rerolls and judgment tokens and fixing and all the other things they do. And I take Broodstorm, and I can't take Ambush because I'm not just not going to kill units um, reliably enough. So Psychic Terracam re- replaces that, and I go Broodstorm and R&D, because R&D on Abandoned Sanctuaries is really nice, because there's just so much empty space in the corners. Yeah. No, you know, And again, he's not got tons of stuff. So no got... objectives in the corners. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And I've got two Acolyte squads who, when I'm playing R&D, basically hop around the board. They would tick off the my own quarters and I'll send them off one at a time with my return to shadows and pop them down in other corners and get the whole four done with two acolyte squads. So it's quite hard to stop me doing it unless you're very aware that's what I'm going to do. Um, and then the next bit for this is I basically have to try and do him on the primary and I'm, I set up a very elaborate trap with the regeneration because he's not played Gene Steeler Cult as much. So I have neophytes trailed out near to the center objective but behind the ruin. And then I put my bikes in front of them and I tag the middle and I just say, oh, I've sent some pure strains up and killed a few bikers and tied him up on the side. And I just say, off you go. And so he comes forward, all guns blazing, because that's how he's been winning. And the bikers <laughs> all come forwards, gun down the pure strains. They're out of there. They've killed a few bikers and they're dead. He kills every single biker I have, turn one picks up all of and this is my my unit that no one ever kills when they try to kill it like no one ever takes it down in one go he just deletes it with volleys of fire from the bikers but i have popped a strat to make the neophytes behind them untargetable he then fires his last bit of shooting into the neophytes kills a few of them in my turn i then regrow onto the center and get a hold more because I take it off him and then in my go turn I drop a bunch of stuff in and kill 16 of 18 Votan bikers and just completely completely demolish them right because they are the only profile on the board with a four up save which I can still realistically get through because even though they've got minus one AP I've got enough AP two three to get through it so I put a huge hole in his bikers and then that pretty much sets the pattern of the game in that he, I've I've also run the patriarch up. I've psychic interrogated. He spots this happen. This is happening, so he tries to run away from it. I sacrifice the patriarch. He runs up, fights some stuff, and dies. But at least he he interrogates the 
the car before he goes and then my magus is running up after him and carries on doing it um and i'm managing to get r&d going i'm managing to get interrogation i'm managing to score broods for him. his secondaries are he's going to assassinate which again he's not going to get because you just don't against me he, he i've already put his 15 in for no prisoners um <laughs> <laughs> and he'd also gone r&d and again i'd pressured him in the quarters so i'd picked up the bikes that were the only thing he was going to be able to do it with in one quarter i'd attacked him in the other quarter to distract him and stop him doing it with his soldiers over in that side and i made it so that by the end of the game he was only able to tick off his own two using all of the time that he had so he didn't have time to get down and do my stuff um and so i won on the on the point i think it was 9082 because he did demolish me and he got the you know the abandoned sanctuaries you get that massive end game swing you get loads of points but mm. i've kept him down on the score throughout um and taken one for the team with the regrowing but at the end it doesn't matter for this because in the end with the event i finish fourth and i'm like three or four points off of third and in my final turn i fail psychic interrogation with a reroll that's three points I also regrow one neophyte when I need to regrow two to retake the middle, which is another four. So there's a whole bunch of little things. That if I'd managed to get this little bit of luck on these various yeah. different things, I'd have actually managed to get that third place. But you know, you don't know this when you're playing a game, and obviously you've had you know, luck, you've had luck during the game and everything else. But I actually fell a few points short in the final turn. I should have been sort of another. I should have, should have actually made it a ninety-seven, eighty something win. Um, and this was entirely someone with a very deadly army that is still a bit less experienced getting schooled on the points. And that was all it was. And I got a bit of luck in places. Um, but yeah, Votan, utterly, utterly terrifying. And I, he just needed to not give up the crucial unit early, right? Which is those bikes, which are just so good. They're just absolutely amazing. Yeah, good game. And Votan is very scary. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, well, killing 20 of those bikes is... Uh... <laughs> common, yeah, so. you don't see those get mullered in the same way. He just just completely tore them a new one. Um, I think it was one bike squad picked up ten, the other land fortress picked up ten, and then luckily for me, the land fortress was not. Yeah, didn't didn't quite have it with the. Or maybe he split one of them. I can't remember. Anyway, there was something, but yeah, it was a very interesting game. Um, and the terrain there was crucial. If there hadn't been good terrain, I wouldn't have been able to stay in the game. So thank you to whoever set that board up on day two. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very grateful. Uh, it's very funny because Simon um, had clearly had a lot of salt from people all event for Votan, mm-hmm. basically. And I thought he, he came into the game really expecting me to be salty. He was like, oh, it's just so refreshing that you're not salty. And in, my, in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm not salty because I'm going to get you here. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, it's not meme you posted. When he killed, yeah, yeah, the meme was great. When when the, when he killed all my bikes, he sort of went, oh, "Do you think do you think that's a reasonable amount of damage?" And again, in my head, I'm like, "I'll show you a reasonable amount of damage." In a minute. <laughs> just, just 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 you wait, it's coming, right? it's, it's coming in. It was a very funny game, but also we we had really good banter. It was a really funny lad. So I really I think it's a brilliant list. If you, you know if, if you're new back at it and you're going to LVO, that list is going to just give people nightmares. I think with with the oh. 18 bikes and all the shots. So I, I wish him the very best of luck at LVO. So there yeah, finished. so many Brits going to LVO by the yeah, tons. So I think we need to start like an LVO fund, and if we don't have enough in it for next year, we just keep it going until the year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I finished fourth with a four-one, which was lots of luck in terms of matchups and timings and what I played and when and obviously um 
yeah, really, really nice, nice result. And I'm, I'm just trying now not to think that's the norm for GSC because I think that would be a very dangerous place to go for being like, oh yeah, GSC can four one because I've just had a couple of good events. We'll, we'll see. You did Leicester. You did four one. Yes, Leicester was four one. Yeah. And this one four one. And this one four one. Yeah. It's a trend, mate. It's a trend. Yep. So we'll oh. see. We'll see. I think. Um, for Nottingham, we were talking about what we're changing. For Nottingham, all I'm changing is the ridge runners are out for some neophytes and another bike, a little bike pack to do the same thing. Um, because the list, the core of the list is good. And as long as psychic interrogation doesn't need line of sight, it's actually still really good for me to have because it's a nice passive option. Yeah. yeah, I think the list just allows me to play a very defensive game, which I've not historically done, but I'm quite enjoying now I've figured it out. Um, but there are just some armies I just, I just lose to. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how we go. And what are you changing for uh, Nottingham, Chris? Uh, so, yeah, so I'm going to go back to my Twilight list. So yeah. the previous two events, the UK TC events I'd run, I went 4-1 at Coventry. And then at Leicester, I went 3-2. But that was with me throwing away my final game against Jamie being... Um, <laughs> yeah. So it should have been another 4-1. Yeah. So um, that... It was kind of. I feel like I like that list. I like the balance. I, I like it. Play. I think you get you um, get to show off a lot more of your range with it. Um, yeah. And the twilight, the trap that twilight can put the opponent in is just so amazing that it's just it's just such a cool thing to have. It's got, it's got a little, a few tools which yeah. you know I've got. I don't know, like eleven games on it with it, twelve games on it with UKTC terrain now. Um, so I kind of I'm a bit more aware of bits. So um, I like having the combat punch. So I feel it's a good list. Um, and so, and you know, we're going to Nottingham. There's like 450 players. Yeah. One of us is just going to get a good run. Surely, right? Surely. One of us is going to get screwed over yeah. and have to play ridiculous matchups. I think I'm and, due being screwed over, and I'm kind of psychologically happen, preparing right? for that. Yeah. To some of us. <laughs> but some of us will get yeah. some nice ones as well. It's yeah. just statistical. With that many players, if you think you get to round four. And there's going to be nearly sixty undefeated players. Yeah, yeah. You just, there, right? can you can hit literally anything. I, that's I quite like the big events for that. You're not like I will definitely hit such and such faction at this stage. You you know it's just it's a bit more random than that, which is quite. So hard. I think we can go in optimistic and hope that we will get a nice run. I know I had a quite nice run at. Um... At Coventry, so it'd be nice just to finish the four up in Vanira with an. Uh, yeah, I think I think so, and I think after after warp where you had a lot of a lot of rough elements, I think that'd be really good. Davy, what are a, you what are you taking by the way? Oh well, I was just going to say we've got a really still got this this beautiful method of so many different armies are available. So today. good, you know. So like, good. I think uh, I think this is going to be obviously for the UK for the UK scene anyway. This 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 event's going to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be. We might we might look back on it as a real high point if things do get out of so. hand over the next the next few months. Yeah. Um, and so, I was looking, I was looking at the top ten for Twisted Warp, where again it was nine different factions in the insane. top ten. And and it's so funny, isn't it? Because players spend so much time making so much noise when the game isn't right, and then you have things like that, and you're just like, look, it's great. But it, that it passes without comment when it's great. That's not the way of it, right? When things when things are good, we just let it we just let it by, and then as, as we'll be on to the next thing, and we'll be realizing how good we've just had it for a few months. But there we are. Absolutely. Um, list I'm taking. So obviously, I've I've been playing Kraken, and I just thought, you know, I'm not really. I was thinking about taking Paul's list, and I thought, man, just I'm just not the kind of player to throw things forward. Mm. Like I've been trying it for ages, and it's it's you know. It's like putting on someone else's shoes. So mm-hmm. I've decided to go with something a little bit more janky, 
that I've created that is probably garbage, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it is not. It's a custom hive fleet, which oh no, yeah, oh no yeah. Um, my abilities are to um, uh, if I fail a charge, I can move in any direction three inches. And my psychic spells have plus three inches to them, and I can reroll denies. The reroll denies is nice to have, but really what I'm trying to do is I've gone three times three zone throw-ups. So all the mortal wounds at range, almost at the range of a bolter, which is pretty good. Um, and then fake charge, like declare a charge failure to fire and fade back into terrain, um, which is going to be quite fun. Uh, I've done it before. I think I've played you with it, Tom, in the past. Or someone. Yes, yeah. I've definitely talked about fire and fade zone throats with you before. Because when you ha- you were having the conversation in the chat, I was like, I'm not, I'm not wading into this. I already, I already, I already know, and it. it's a strange, a strange phenomenon. But I really like it. Yeah, it's quite fun. And then I've obviously got the Tervagon package, which, uh, which Tervagon and Tervagons, which I love, and obviously you love now, seeing as you keep respawning things, Tom. I've yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Between you and Stuart, I've learned the value of regrowing things onto objectives. I'm addicted to it now. It's super fun and then really the biovars got the biovars for the spore package and then lots of like little tech pieces that will help me score objectives um secondaries so so yeah that's about it really it's it's going to be really fun i figure that zone throw ups you know it's almost me really kind of getting an idea for this moving forward yeah uh yes zone throw ups are loads, loads more points but like i said in my kind of faction update video with nids you've really got to like go into something yeah, and I love Zanthropes too much to give them up. Really. Oh, they're amazing! I love them. Yeah. Um, even though I'll have to pay like two hundred more points to have six of the nine of them in the list, but Ugh. let's yeah. see. Yeah, it's one. It's one to experiment and dabble in, isn't it? And see what you can Ooh. see. See what can be done with it. One last thing that's quite fun is a twenty-seven termagants. Because I was like, I had the points left, and I was like, I don't know what to put in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, there's something quite fun and janky that I've done in the past where you give them toxin sacks so in combat they auto wound on sixes nice so obviously they only get one attack each or what have you so but they can uh, you know they can do wounds to things like demons knights mm-hmm. things like that they've definitely taken down an armager before yeah uh, and then on I've got one CP strap they've got devourers which means they're two shots each so 54 shots and I can spend one CP for Sixes auto wound as well. Yeah, yeah. But that's going to be one of those things where people underestimate the power of a gaunt and they do blow something up, which will be fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, big, big termagant sacks with the defensive buffs that you can apply on them, you know, catalyst and, and the invan and other things. Yeah. No joke. Like, definitely really annoying to get rid of. And then 2d6 come back a turn, man. Love and it. as I say, it's that, that d3 plus strat, you know, getting getting that to sing oh, is, is always when you're you're doing well. So I think that would be. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun, and also I think um, this is something we were thinking about the and talking about the other day. But if you've taken something a bit fun and unusual and experimental, you're going into it in a headspace of this is something I'm enjoying and it's fun and that's what it's for. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things play a bit easier when that's the case. You're not going like here is my killer list. I must get a killer result. Like I've got the pool bridge list. I'm going to go and be pool bridge. That's a lot of pressure. 
and you're in a sort of expectations trap and, and sort of mentality trap. And so it was the exact same thing with the game with Chris, where I think for me, the key thing was that I went into it with absolutely no expectation of getting a result. It was like, this, I'm going to make this really close. It's a, as favourable conditions as I could possibly have. But all I'm thinking about is is playing the game well and, and, and enjoying it and not getting sucked into being, you know, you know, negative about it and making sure I enjoy the game. And that went way better um, in the end than, than sort of overthinking it or getting too, getting too caught up in it. That's what that word exactly, overthinking. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Well, you're, you're due a nice run as well, so let's see. This is this would be a good time to have it. It would be. It would be a good last hurrah. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. I'm really looking forward Quite to it. on AdMech, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you're going you're gonna to become our <laughs> AdMech player. Admit, you're going to become our AdMech player, mate. You know. Yeah, yeah. You, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> you can have him. Be on the doorstep. Um, right, well, that's that's us. We've got another event right up, right away, which is very exciting. So I'm really excited to get the whole team out and we'll have a great time and you know, in, in in a little while, we'll we'll be back to to debrief you on that. This has been part two. Thank you very much for listening. We are Six Plus Plus Gaming. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Discord, Twitter, all of that stuff. Um, come and follow us on the socials. We're trying to promote ourselves much harder this year and take things a little bit more seriously and get out there and and make a noise because we like the noise that we make and we think people should hear it. Um, so thank you very much for listening, and we will see you all again soon. Bye bye. And if you're at Nottingham, come and say hello to us. And do come and say hello in Nottingham. Yes, a couple of people have done that now and it's been incredibly fun and flattering and nice to hear people's opinions um, of the show and to to hear people sort of um, taking us as seriously as we take ourselves, which is not very, um, (laughs) but still having a lot of fun with it. So that's great. Um, Yeah.